This is Monday, May 23rd, and we're starting into our fifth week of Oh So Miami. I was a young, growing student when a philosophy professor taught me and the others at our table over lunch the Socratic method. The Greek philosopher Socrates was born in the 5th century BC in a suburb of Athens that was located outside the city walls. In a way, he was destined to always be on the outside looking in. Maybe that's how you feel at times living in the city of Miami. This is your home, but in many ways you feel like a stranger to so much of the life in our city. Now, Socrates was considered to be the wisest of the Greek philosophers, not because he knew more than others, but precisely because he knew that he didn't. His approach, called the Socratic method, is a manner wherein through a series of questions you discover the truth or falsehood of a thing, whatever it may be. Now, Socrates loved to lead people on a journey with his questions to discover, well, that they didn't know as much as they thought they did. And though he was one of the greatest philosophers and trained some of the greatest that followed him, like Plato, for example, he was found guilty at trial and forced to drink poison that brought his death. What were the charges against him? There were three. First, corrupting the youth of Athens. Second, worshiping false gods. And third, not worshiping or following the state religion. Now, here's our text for today. Acts chapter 17, verse 22 to 23. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Now we pick up where we left off in Acts chapter 17. We learn that Paul, the apostle of Jesus, was on a layover in Athens, waiting for the rest of his team to catch up with him. While there, he became familiar with the way of the Athenians, and as he always did, he visited the local Jewish synagogue to share the message about Jesus. You see, fellow Jews were most likely to be receptive to Jesus, and he often saw a response right away. Then he went to hang out in the marketplace, the Agora, as they called it. This was like sitting at the food court of the mall and striking up conversations with anyone that sat nearby. This was a way to get a feel for the people and have as much interaction with them as possible. And Paul was a master at having these conversations. He did this every day he was there. That is, until he drew attention to his message. Being the birthplace of Western philosophy, the Athenians were always on the lookout for new ideas. And when they heard Paul, they invited him to a more public forum used for philosophical debates. It was called Mars Hill. This is where the Areopagus met. The Areopagus was a council, an official group of Athenian leaders that served something as a court. Mars Hill was adjacent to the Parthenon, where the temple to Athena was located. Athena was the Greek goddess of wisdom, handicraft, heroism, courage, war, strategy, industry, and cities. 
In other words, this was the place from which Greek culture resonated, and one of the chief deities of the people. Now, Paul stood on an outcropping of stone at the Parthenon. It's a place you can still visit today, where these debates were held and ideas were shared. Now, you can imagine this would be a daunting thing to do. Here was a Jewish man of no particular importance in their world, standing before the council of leaders and philosophers that governed one of the greatest cities in the ancient world. Now remember the great philosopher Socrates, a native son of Athens. He lost his life for denying the deities of the Greeks. And here is Paul daring to challenge what they think about their gods, standing boldly before them. Now notice Paul does not flatter them, but he does talk about the multitude of gods in Athens. In Athens, among the Greeks in general, they worship twelve major deities. And Socrates knew that the traditional view was wrong. He, along with some others, knew there had to be one true and living God. But this teaching never caught on. Now, I think if Socrates had lived to hear Paul, he would have believed his report about the one true and living God and about what Jesus has done to bring us into fellowship with God. When Paul was invited to speak, I believe people were hungry for God. And they're hungry for God today. They're looking for a sense of meaning and purpose in the world. They have great questions, and they lack the answers. Today in Miami, I find people open to conversations about truth and God. There's a new openness, you could say. Yes, this is the way we pray for the city of Miami. The opportunity to be salt and light to the people around us in the marketplace each day. As you're going through the week... Be on the lookout for those people God has placed around you and ask how you might be able to be salt and light to them. Let's pray. Faithful and gracious God, kindle in our hearts a sense of your mission in the world. Help us to see that you have us in the city for a purpose, the purpose of sharing your love. Give us eyes to see the opportunities you provide to us each day. For in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.